a great Australian sprinter, nature's type, and Dave McDonald, and look how far they've won by. Can he do it? Chautauqua, he's flying! The autumn sun, boy, you'll have to be good to win from there. Artorias pounces, bombs them, and wins! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Um, the lottery is officially back to its own show again. Uh, Brove's been caught enough to give us our own show back. We, we were in a bit of a soft spell for a while. Um, wasn't much going on in the racing world, so we just we, we were demoted to a small segment of the of the SC weekly wrap. But now that things are starting to ramp back up slightly, uh, Brove's given us the honours of giving us our own show back. And speaking of Brovey, he is sitting alongside with me. How are you, mate? Mate. So watching a flower blossom, you're absolutely dominating. But it all goes to you. You you put the ideas in, mate. So a big congratulations. And this is going to be the start of something very good. Can only hope so. Spring is just around the corner. We're slowly getting there. I think the, the first group one of the season is about, it's only about three weeks away, to be honest. Uh, a bit of a quiet weekend this weekend. We've got one stakes race in Adelaide. That's the Lightning Stakes. But other than that, we got races... Races return to the Valley for the first time in a couple of months. They've just had their track refurbished, so it'll be a brand new track down to the Valley. And we're also back at Ramwick or Rose Hill. I can't remember off the top of my head. We are at Ramwick, mate. We're at Ramwick. There we go. So, yeah, a bit to look out for. We're slowly getting back up to spring. This episode probably won't be a long one. We've only got a little bit to discuss and talk about through. But when we get to the actual spring carnival, we'll be... Mainly going through race by race, taking a better look at the group ones and probably be going more in the depth than we normally do here. Uh, so stick around with us. Uh, we'll go to a quick break now and then after that we'll go to a quick recap of what happened last weekend in the Thoroughbreds. All righty. Uh, we'll have a quick recap of last weekend's racing. Uh, just quickly, Jack, did you end up having a punt? Did you have a double? I, was, yes, oh, yes. I, actually, I actually have an answer. I was, no, no. I'm just generally asking you a question. It, it felt like a rhetorical question. I felt <laughs> like I'm like, oh, yeah, I did. But no, I did. I had to go, on the, go? I had to go on the weekend. I actually think I went okay. Yeah. I went not too bad. I, I'm going to give the typical punter's response and say, I think I was about even. Um, I definitely wasn't. I was probably down about 50 bucks. But I, I think it's the most said quote from every bloke to his missus every Saturday. Yeah, yeah. I was about even. Yeah. So. No, oh, it was, yeah. So you... Honestly, about even. Honestly, I actually was. Yeah. I was about even. Yeah. About oh, even. I'm, I'm not going to repeat it, but I was actually about even as well. So, yeah. And I hope your missus is listening to this too because I'm <laughs> telling the truth. <laughs> but no, it wasn't too bad of a day's racing. Uh, we had a couple of notable runs that I've written down. Uh, in the second race at Rose Hill, Inhibitions and Town Mina were eyeing off against each other. Uh, both two-year-olds and they've been trialing the house down. So I'd heard a couple of them. Like it was a big debate, Town Mina, Inhibitions, Town Mina, which one? And then the end of the day, I went Inhibitions. So yeah, exactly, so did I. Exactly I was on. Got me over yeah, the line. I know. So yeah, so I was on Inhibitions as well. He really should have. Like if he watched the replay, he was absolutely trucking up. But he, he had the right idea. He wanted to get behind the leader and peel out, but he didn't anticipate. I can't remember the other horse was up there, but that it just kept him boxing, and he had absolutely nowhere to go. So we couldn't really do too much about that, but. Given like when he eventually did get clear here, he, he still did produce a good finish. So inhibitions and even town man, like he had the run of the race, obviously, but he still put him away and still won. So they're both they're definitely two to follow. My best bet of the day, Chalton Lane, was very disappointing. I saw a lot of people as well following following that one in and didn't salute at all. I think I, I think I don't even know what to put it down to. I think a couple of people I've heard a couple of people say she's just she's still young, she's got a bit to learn. She's just not there yet, but she's still, I can somewhat agree, like she didn't get as forward as she did in her last run. 
She's still too far back, but she did still clock the race's fastest uh, 600-meter split. So she's still got room to improve. She's still running the times, but she's just got to get put in that position to actually win the race. So she's definitely still one to follow. She's still in the black book. Win of the day, in my point of view, in my own bank account, was Barbie's Fox. We tipped her on the pod at about $7. I personally had a fair go at her, uh, and she... Julie saluted. It was nearly a repeat of the week before. She was exact same thing. She was trucking up behind the speed and she just had absolutely nowhere to go. But on Saturday, she finally got the clear air. Zach Lloyd got it again. He was riding at like 51 and a half kilos or something ridiculous. Got it in the right spot, had her in trouble. Um, but yeah, found the gap 100 meters ago and absolutely put pay to him. And she clocked in the seventh fastest final 200 meters of the whole meeting. So she's the, the clock's backed up her win as well. And I saw Jack look at me with, with a bit of disgust when I brought her up. So please elaborate. Oh, I've got a bit of egg on my face, mate. Um, I'm not going to lie. I must have a bit of a hollow head because I recommend you sometimes when people speak to me, I just go, oh, yeah, and don't listen to it. You tipped it last week on the podcast and I was sitting 1.5 meters away from you. COVID friendly, but I could hear what you were saying. And I went, oh, yeah. One in here at the other. Goes to the weekend. I was like, didn't even think about it. Put a couple of clams on another horse and then you're like, Barbie's fox. And then straight away it come back. I'm like, oh, my God, Lottie tipped that and I didn't even get on it. So, yeah, my apologies for that. But my win of the day was at race seven at Rose Hill. I got on Kangaroo Court, which is the first leg of the quaddy, um, paying 16 smackaroos. So that was my best for the day. And then from there I think I lost a few. But yeah. You please proceed. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a good win. I think that, that was what, that was Waterhouse and Bot's horse, and they actually quit out with the race. Like the other one that comes second, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Um, but that went pretty well. And, yeah, Kangaroo Court paid $12 or something like that. So it was a pretty good win. I'll give him that. St- sticking with the Waterhouse and Bot's stable, Obni Man just keeps on winning. He stepped up to 1,100 metres for the first time and literally fell in over the post. But he won. That's that's all you can ask for. Uh, I still reckon if there's a metre suits him better. Uh, and he's one of the only horses – Every he's won every race this prep and he's one of the only horses that have had – every race this prep, he's had a new jockey. And each jockey, like Waterhouse and Bite know what they're doing. They're just going, nah, this is what this horse needs. Get it to the front. It'll it'll win the race for you. So And they did exactly that. I think Rachel King rode it on the weekend. Uh, and she produced a pretty good ride at, at, at one, so there's not much more you can ask from it. I think it's dollar seventy or something too, so pretty short, but it got the job done. One to follow out of the Randwick meeting for me was Wallenby. Uh, in the last race, he didn't win, didn't come fourth or fifth, but checking the sectional data, he ran the, the meeting's fastest final 600, 400, and 200 meter splits. So he's absolutely airborne late, and I think he broke the final 200 in less than 11 seconds. I believe it was... 1091, something like that. And for those to put it in perspective, Australia's greatest, Australia's top rating horse right now is I Wish I Win. And her debut win, her debut run last prep was demonstrated Flemington in the in the Black Caviar Lightning. And she also had about 1091. So that final 200 meter splits is ridiculous from Wallenby. Whenever, wherever he goes next, I'll be following. Um, as long as he gets the right race and sits the right distance, I reckon he'll be a good bet. Uh, over to Caulfield now. Uh, not too much to go through there. Uh, one of the winners of the day was not, another short price favorite, but Julius saluted for the Moody stay was Molly Nickers. Yeah. Uh, after that, Moody has come out. I think even before the race, he might have said it on the radio that he that she is his thousand guineas horse. So he's already boosted confidence into it. So I, I personally didn't back because it, it was a bit too short. How good is Saint Lawrence as well? Yeah. In the last oh, race yeah. Nine? I know. I was gonna. 
duly get to that. But yeah, like there was a couple of short price favorites in the day. St. Lawrence and Molly Nick is saluted, obviously. Uh, a couple others flopped, but yeah, if you want to have a futures bet for Molly Nickers and Thousand Guineas, Moody tends to not get it wrong, and he's pretty much said, "Yeah, well, that's my Thousand Guineas horse. She'll be going it." Uh, the other odds-on favourite to get a roll for the day was Kin, and the first leg of the quaddy. I was pretty keen on that. Personally, had a little bit on it. Got me knocked out of the quaddy first leg. Took it, took it as a standout. So that'll teach me again. Uh, I think the barrier just beat it. Celine Galdrake. She wrote it exactly how she did last night, like from the. Last side came from last, swept past him and won. They tried to repeat it, but I just don't think, I don't know. I, I think the section, I'm not too sure what the sectional time was in the end. Uh, I didn't check it actually, but yeah, I, I think the barrier, I think it just got too far back this time. It wasn't as dynamic as it was last start, so not too sure about that form. Uh, Vivia was a good win. That was the other Godolphin one, and that was written by... Blake Shin, who also in the in the feature of the day, he's flying at the moment. Yeah, he is. He is low. Yeah, he is a gun jock. So he had that. He had Vavia in that one, and then in the highlight of the day, which is the Bletchingly, he won on ingratiating, and I I wasn't on ingratiating either. Um, after its first up run, I thought like I was on its first up run, and it had better first up stats than second up. So I thought it was going to perform. It was going to do a first up, which it didn't. So I I was against it in the se- in the Bletchley and I duly saluted and I I think literally think that the jockey is the key I think Ben, ben Mellum's no slouch he's still one of our Vic's leading jockeys but like Bro said before Saint Lawrence was up there duly saluted dollar seventy five favorite and put him to pay that's about it from the last weekends there's only two more things I'll quickly note we've got two more uh, training combinations are going to start. Peter Moody's teamed up with Catherine Coleman, so they will officially be on the form guide as Moody and Coleman from next week. And the Hayes boys, Ben and JD, have recruited their brother, Will, who's just come back from Carlton. He's- and he had 50 disposals on the weekend for Yaroa. Yep. And Seymour, a top-of-the-table clash. 50 disposals. Yep. And now he's going to be training Group 1 with the Hayes boys, and he'll be winning Group 1s this uh, spring. So that's about it for the wrap last week. We'll go to a quick break now. And we'll come back with our healthy serving of porridge for the weekend. We're back this week with our porridge tips as normal. Two main venues we're at this weekend, which are Mooney Valley and Randwick. Uh, we've got no group or stakes races or anything at those two venues. So we'll have a quick look at Morpherville. They have the one stakes, the one stakes race of the weekend. And that is race eight, and that's the lightning stage of the two-year-olds. A lot of those horses in that race are dual acceptors, so I think the market is going to change a fair bit. Exploring the, the two favourites, exploring and outback miss, are both nominated for Mooney Valley and Randwick as well. The market is going to change a fair bit. I think they're like a couple of them are dual nominated in a lot of the different races throughout the day. So markets are going to change before race day, and even on race day, I don't know when the final figures are going to come out. So watch out for that. Uh, but if everything still goes to place over in Morpherville, I reckon exploring is a great bet over there in the in the Lightning. Celine Gordray comes over from Vic. If, if she actually does go over there to ride this horse, I think the main reason she's going over here is to, is to ride this horse. She got a good she got a good association with him after the win first up, drawn the, literally the car park over a 1,000 metres, but I think everything else in that race just hasn't put anything on the board like uh, Exploring has. It's got the form, it's got the class, and it's got an informed jockey. So I think 360 is a pretty... Good price. I wouldn't probably take anything less than two fifty. 
if that does run over in the lightning stakes, I'd definitely be backing uh, exploring. On to Randwick. First couple of races aren't that interesting. In the first race, you've got a couple of first starters coming up, uh, a couple of seasoned horses, but it's the same thing from before. There's a lot of dual acceptances. Uh, number three is a dual acceptor, Resilian. Number five, Estrella, is a dual acceptor. Number six, Shaken, is a dual acceptor. So that's what I mean. A lot of these markets throughout the day are going to change, so I couldn't dive into anything at Randwick with confidence in those early races, but I think there are a couple. If I go through, scrolling, 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 race six at Randwick, number two, King of Naples. Had the pleasure of Zach, Zach Lloyd riding him last start. His first couple of runs were even pretty good. I was on him last start uh, when he was at Canterbury over 1,250 metres. He had a good run. He had a, a good had a good passage around the side. Uh, Zach Lloyd looked in a bit of trouble when he couldn't get him out at the top of the straight. With only about 50 metres to go, he pulled out and got him home just over the line in time. Steps up, only another 50 metres. Loses Zach Lloyd's, but gains Nashville Rilla, which any which is not any slouch at all. And you get $9 a win and $3 a place. So I reckon King of Naples is a great bet each way in race six at Randwick. Do you have anything in that race, Jack? Are you just looking on through? No, I'm looking at that race and I'm actually taking notes this week. So if I do not get on King of Naples because I Watch stuffed out. up last week, I'll tell you right now, I'm going to look like a fool. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice while well, I'm an idiot. You are an so idiot. So I like King of Naples as well, so I'll back in on that one. Love it. Uh, on to the next race, race seven, Mogo Magic is the undefeated highway horse coming through the grades. Uh, he's been winning class ones and class twos in the highway, highway races there, been ticking off the sprints. He's been winning, with pretty, like, been winning pretty comfortably at short price odds. Goes up now to 72 grade. The last race that he ran in was the 1100 of Rose Hill. Was it Rose Hill? And they clocked a 34 second split in their last 600. That's pretty good for. He's still a three year old. Like to, to clock a 34 seconds final 600. The jockey's three from three on him, two for two over the distance. Second up, 260 is probably about bottom, bottom odds. If he gets under $2, I probably wouldn't want to take it in this grade. But he's been back in the 210 this morning, then already back out the 260. So if he keeps drifting, anything above $2.50 is a bet for me. Uh, so hopefully he can start at a half decent price. And that's the first I got the quaddy, actually. So I wouldn't be recommending taking a one out. But if you want to take one out, you want to take it on, go for it. Uh, moving on to race eight, we've got Insurrection. There's another firm favorite for Zach Lloyd. Got the same thing before, but he's drawn gate 11. Which I do not rate at all for him. He's a more of a he's, he's got to get on the speed. And from gate eleven, it's happened to me hundreds of times. The horses burn to the front too quickly, and they run out of steam. They just by the time they get to the top of the straight, they're already done. Uh, so hopefully, Zach Lloyd, I think he will have to go forward just naturally to get him to, into that position because that's just all he knows. But I hope he doesn't have to use too much. And even if he come, even if he just snags back to like second or third, I'll return if he, if, if he's sitting. What like one one back on the trail, like on the leader, and can get a good run on them. I'm more than happy with that. And two fifty is about the right price, I reckon. But Deep Poor number three is another great bet. Uh, he was nearly, I think he was favourite for the um, that race at Grafton last side. I think it was the yeah the Ramoni handicap, and that was the one by the big goodbye. Uh, Deep Poor, same thing, just got too far back, couldn't get into the race. Still, still clocked home a good final six hundred and four hundred meter split of the day. Uh, 
it's raced before that at Ipswich was an absolute belter over 1100. It's, it's back now to 1100. It's given up on the 1200. So number three and number four in race eight would be my two bets if you were going to have a bet there. In race nine, it's a benchmark 88. And there are a couple of my roughies that I always have a go at in these races here. Number six, Super Pursuit at $11 has been absolutely knocking on the door. I was on him first up. I wasn't on him second up, and I was on him third up. He knocked me, the the winner of the last race, Tarzel Tazarel knocked me out of the quaddy, and Super Pursuit just looked like he was absolutely looming late and looked like he was going to go straight past him, but just kind of fell flat footed at the end. He's, he's, he looks a great bet. He's only missed a placing once this prep, and you're getting three forty a place, eleven dollars a win. So I'm more than happy with that. And the other one that is an absolute favorite of mine is number nine Bazooka. $18 and $4.80 a place. Same thing. as only missed a placing once this prep. Third, fourth, third. He's a get-back run on horse. There are a couple of horses in this rate that have a bit of early speed on them. Stone Cold will lead. Kiss the Bride will be up there. Too Much Caviar will be up there. If they can burn across real quick and put on a pace, like set, set a steady pace at the front, Bazooka will come from absolutely the clouds and run over the top of them. And you're getting... $18 a win, four eighty a place for him. So that looks an absolute better and a half for me, a little bit of a roughies race, that one. I think Jack's looking at me. I think he wants to throw something in there. Yeah, sorry, mate. I was just actually on the phone to um, in Townsville, the Army, and I just said, just thought I'd let you know that there's going to be an incident that's going to happen this way at Randwick. It's going to be at race nine. They said, what are you talking about? And I said, boys, there's going to be a bazooka there at Randwick this weekend, and he's going to be wearing the number nine and he's going to have red, blue, and white colors all over him. So watch out for that bazooka because he's going to crash. Yep. $18, $18 is a rude price if you ask me. I love it. Um, I think that's about it for Randwick. Like I said, we're not going to get too into it. We'll go a bit more deep into the races and let you know a bit more, but there's not that much good racing on this weekend, so we'll skip to the valley. Uh, in the first race, we've got another two-year-old clash. Arto Nacho is an absolute jet of a horse. Loved his first up win. And then second up last start, he was second behind Exploring, who is who is tied favorite for the Lightning Stakes over in Adelaide. So he's already got stakes grade like form written around him. And you're getting $3.20. It's not a bad price, but a lot of I think he's one of the only horses and I think that are just booked for Mini Valley. Number one, Brazilian is a dual acceptor. Number four, Marisa is a dual acceptor, I believe, also. And a couple of them are this is the uh, debut run, so they're all maiden. So if you want to take him, he's got rakes experience. $3.20 shouldn't be too bad of a price now, but I reckon you're going to cop some deductions before the race starts. So I'd hold my coins if I were you. If I was going to learn anyone, I'd say wait for that race on the day. It does look a good race, but uh, – and then moving on to race two, we have another one, Outback Miss, who is also a tight favorite for the stakes race over in, in Morpherville. And same thing. If he goes over there, this market is just going to change place straight away. Uh, Estrella is also a dual acceptor for uh, Randwick. So these early ones, I wouldn't play too far into at the moment. I would let them I'll let them sit for now, wait for the final fields, wait for the scratches come out, and then if you're going to have a bet, I would have a bet over there. But coming to best bet of the day is race four. Here we go. Race four, number two, Mooney Valley, Torrenzino. Put it in the black book. Put it on the wall because it's going to be winning your fucking house. <laughs> Paying $4.50 at the moment. I love its last couple of runs. It's not – I think the value is actually going to suit him. 
he had a he won a uh, Warnable and Warnable. It's not too big of an open track. It is a big open track, but that and its last win at Caulfield, it's it's a momentum horse. Like a lot of horses that I've seen, are, wait till they get to the top of the straight, get slowly worked up, and then they hit their top gears. But with Torrenzino and Paul Pushka, he loves training these stayers. And he, from about the 600, 700 metres out, you'll see him, even if he's not in the front half of the field, he will be coming out three wide. He will make his run from the 600 to 700 metre mark. So he is absolutely the best bet of the day anywhere. Uh, race four, number two, Torrenzino. And on to Jack, I believe. Yep. I've got some questions for you coming up soon. I just thought I'd let you know. Yep. I'm going to be firing you. Righto. Uh, we'll slowly get through it. We don't have too many more at Moody Valley, I believe. I want to touch on. Touch on. Um, touching on. Touching on. I think in race seven, number 10, Chief Felton is a dirt deserved favorite, but draws barrier 10 and you're getting a $4.80. Um, Williams wrote his first winner back today. So if you want to take $4.80, like his last two runs have been really good. Um, barrier 10 from the valley over 1,600 metres might be the A-grade spot by race eight or might be the F-grade spot. So play with it as you may. Uh, and then in race eight there, I don't mind I'll let you ballot $14, but I probably wouldn't be backing it in already. I'd leave it for the day. Um, it's not. It's probably not a bad bet. If like if if, if the race is a run to suit swoopers later in the day, definitely have a go at Electric Bell because that's what she is. She's a she's a get back run on horse, and at fourteen dollars, she can absolutely win it. Um, and then in the last, you got Parale, who's the favorite for Blake Shoot and James Cummings. They had a field day out last weekend together, the jockey and trainer combination. Again, three dollars thirty. Not a bad bet. It it, it should be a deserved favorite. Uh, but I reckon number 10 deprivation for Kayleen Heffel. Um, Mick Price and Michael Kent Jr. at $5.50 is a good bet. He She's only drawn drawn gate three, whereas Perea has drawn 10. So she's going to get the run of the race. Kayleen Heffel's running in good form. Mick Price and Mike Kent can't go wrong, June. Can't go in worse than that. So I reckon that about rounds out of the day for those runners at Mooney Valley and Randwick. All right, we're going to go to a break. And then I've got a couple of questions to ask you before we finish. All right, Lottie, um, fantastic work. I'm going to say the first couple of episodes were probably sort of sub-intro episodes. This is probably the debut or the pilot episode, as people call. So congratulations, like I said, at the start for doing it. What? Why, why did you pick to do this podcast? I think you actually offered it to me, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what I mean, like the crux of why I asked you, why do you think I asked you to do it? Because I just love punting. Yeah, but you love races as well. Yeah, I actually do. A couple of people, um, some family friends and stuff have been like, 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 is it the gambling or is it the horses? I'm like, it's kind of both to be honest. Like, obviously, like, I'm not going to like, obviously, you do it for like, you do it for a reason. You do it to try and win some money. Yeah, yeah. But in the day, like, I like, I've started to get into like, I own two horses right now. Um, you like the tactical side of it as well. Yeah, like just the whole form analyst side of it and like listen to like when I see a horse win and then I see people have tipped it at like $16, I'm like, how could you like what in your mind made you think that this horse was going to win and how did you like I want to know how you visualize in your head so you pick the winner. Like it's just – Is it track? Is it distance? Yeah. Is like, it, some, some what, people, what is it for some yeah, – some, You some, know, some people have certain things that they go, nah, this is what ticks it off. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like everyone's different, but like, yeah, it's just that the conversation – like it's – because it's kind of like 
it's kind of like golf. You can never master it. You're always learning in a way. Uh, you're always picking up things like you're starting to learn like, oh, I've apprentices writing at this and gates come into effect and barriers and like there's so much more than just, oh, like, oh, but that that happens too. Like you get the odd person like Harley. She's like, oh, pick yes, 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 because it's got a cool name and then it wins and you're like, yeah, yeah, like like you need those. So that people. element's cool too. Yeah, and absolutely. Can, I love it. They can go off the names. Yeah. They can go off the colours. My mum, when we do the Melbourne Cup, she picks whatever. If there's a grey horse in the race, yeah. that's what she'll pick. And it's just like there's that little element yeah. to but it. But yeah, well. I, I, yeah, you, you can't ever master it. It's always a it's always a thing you can learn. And yeah, like I just love watching like a horse race. To me, is just I, I can I could literally just sit there all day and just watch horse race and just learn from it and. Just like the excitement watching it, even being there. Like sometimes I get more like being there is fun, but I'd like just sitting at home actually watching a race on the TV. I'd still just love that just as much as being there. So, so my next question is based around how do you see the podcast in the short term? So the next couple of things that are going to be coming up for you. you obviously, I don't want to give away too many spoilers, but it's your podcast. Where do you want to see it going? So, well, I like this detail, like the typical thing we'll be doing now. Talking about last weekend, giving some, doing some slight form, giving our tips away, and hopefully building a little bit of a bank off that and building a following. But if things progress and you get, you get one or two people in your hands and you get to know a few people, like it can pretty much just blow up from there. So you definitely want to get some senior form, like even not even just jockeys, like you get trainers or you could get you could get form analysts, you could get anyone like uh, barrier like barrier tenants like handlers strappers anyone like anyone resulting in it like top like track riders it doesn't really matter just the there's a lot of people that work in racing behind the scenes who don't get the thing it's just trainers and jockeys yeah. so well, no, it, it wouldn't be too mine to get to know their point of view but yeah definitely for now like you always want it to blow up at some point but yeah i think just for now we'll stick to our basics and hopefully give away some good tips and build a bank somewhere and just as I finish this off, who is your favourite jockey and favourite trainer, favourite horse even at the moment? Right now, I think my favourite horse of all time has got to be Nature Strip. Yeah. It's just watching him do what he does and just get up on, like, I've never seen anything like, like he's had his issues, obviously. Um, but, like, when he's on, there's, you literally can't, not Australia's greatest sprinter behind Black Cav, obviously, but I kind of like that about Nature Strip. You never know which Nature Strip's going to rock up. If he's going to come in and win, win an Everest, or if he's going to come fourth and the lightning, you don't know. It's kind of that excitement about him. So yeah, I, I, honest, of all time, I think that Nature Strip is my favourite horse. My favourite jockey of all time is Zach Burton, the bloke who's an absolute weapon. He's proven over there that he's just broken their seasonal racing thing in a season, 179 wins, smashed it by nine wins. I don't think that's going to get beaten anytime soon. I think a lot of the international jockeys get praised, like Ryan Moore and. Uh, Frankie Dettori and everything. Obviously, a deserved quite. They deserve their spot up there. But obviously, I think it's because Purton's an Aussie as well. Um, I just love what he's doing for it. Like he's is is in Australia at, at the end of the day, and we breaking records like that over in Hong Kong, where there's not as many races over here. They've got a shorter season, and he's still riding more winners than some of our top jockeys over here. So definitely, Zach Purton is my favorite jockey. And then favorite trainer, probably Jenko. Yeah, obviously. Now. I don't know. There's a couple of good ones that, like, obviously the top ones, but I kind of find the most not, not the most reliable, but just like the ones whenever, like, whenever I see them, I get more 
most honest. Yeah, like the most honest are definitely Mar and Eustace. Like those blokes are in another league. Like I, Waller's obviously the best around. Like I think he's got the best strike rate and everything. But I think it's just because he's they're both they've got but they've both got a massive stable, and you can really know. But sometimes Waller will put four or five Waller horses in like in one race, whereas Mar and Eustace will only maybe put like one or two in a race. So you can't just get like okay, like these are like these are the ones that they've targeted for this race where a roller just will chuck half a field in there and just be like one of these is bound to win. So I kind of like that about Mar and Eustace. And yeah, I've had a couple of good wins with them over the year too. But I I reckon for the for like especially for this a joint partnership and joint partnerships tend to not last as like not last as long, but like they tend to not be as successful as the solo as a solo training. So yeah, for the, for them to for those two boys to get along the way they do and still train and have the same mindset, like this is how we're going to train and for them to agree and get along and provide as many winners as they do, I reckon that's probably the best I've seen. And to final to finish it up, um, how can people sort of access it? You've got the Instagram now. Yes, yeah, so we've got our SC Lottery Instagram out there and we've also got a Twitter that we've posted out, uh, just SC Lottery. Uh, if any of the SC faithful want to post their tips out, Send through your tips in on race day, Saturday morning. Wait for we'll wait for final scratchings. Uh, we'll be posting our best bet and our quaddies for the day, and we'll do a separate post for all, any of the SC faithfuls tips out there. So we'll get all our posts out for the day, get around it, back some winners together, and hopefully be building some banks up. Nice, mate. Can't wait to see it all unfold. Thanks, mate. Hopefully the spring carnival comes around quicker and healthier than last one. Stop it. <laughs>